Guys, welcome to the I Love Seville show. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us on a, I mean, it feels like summer, on a summer afternoon in late October in central Virginia, the high in the 80s today. Um, Fantastic day to be alive. Um, Any day above the mud is a good day to be alive. Thank you to the viewers and listeners that reached out to me um, as I was off air yesterday battling a bout of laryngitis. I feel much better today, and I will feel much better tomorrow. Um, Woke up early with my wife and our boys today, and we watched a Christmas movie, which I thought was fantastic. I'm curious, Judah, if you've seen this movie. And it's um, The Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 reboot. John Hughes of Home Alone fame was the man behind Miracle on 34th Street, the mom from Home Alone, and Miracle on 34th Street. It was the first time I had seen Miracle on 34th Street. I'm talking the reboot, not the one from decades ago. Well, I guess 1994 is decades ago. That's crazy to say. Um, The original's from 1947. The reboot um, from 1994 was sensational. And I watched it for the first time today. Our boys wake up early, our 11-month-old routinely in the the 5 o'clock hour, um, and we put on a Christmas movie, and the entire family was entertained. Have you seen Miracle on 34th Street, Judah? I have not. I don't even... uh, I may have watched the old ones at some point, but I don't remember it. Uh, Elizabeth Perkins, the mom from Home Alone, is mm -hmm. in this movie. I like her. Dylan McDermott who's famous from many television shows in this movie. Yeah, he was, he's been in a lot of good stuff. I've enjoyed Richard him. Attenborough was Chris Kringle. Uh. Fantastic movie. It's a suggestion for the viewers and listeners. Miracle on 34th Street. Might be in my top ten now nice. for uh, favorite Christmas movies um, in the Miller household. Of late, here are the movies we've seen. We've watched Home Alone. In fact, Home Alone plays often in our house. The Sticky Bandits and the Wet Bandits are some of my favorite criminals of all time. Um, Macaulay Culkin is going to have a difficult time surpassing Kevin and Home Alone in any movie he's ever done. Home Alone plays year-round in our house. Last weekend, we watched Santa Claus Mm. with Tim Allen. We watched Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell. My favorite Kurt Russell role he's ever played is Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. Have you seen Tombstone? Oh, yeah. That is also my favorite Val Kilmer role he's ever played, Doc Holliday. I'm your Huckleberry. And just an all-around well, well-made movie. Tombstone was sensational. Yeah. Absolutely sensational. So, so far this season, and it's only October, we've seen Santa Claus, Christmas, uh, Christmas Chronicles, Miracle on 34th Street, and um, Home Alone. Four movies, and we're not even at mm-hmm. Halloween yet. We may be beating Costco when it comes to the holiday flair and festivities and pop and circumstance. I was just going to say, we've got, uh, we've got pumpkin spice lattes out and probably some, uh, a little, maybe a little preparation for Thanksgiving, but I haven't heard of any, anything, anyone getting ready for Christmas quite yet. Are you a pumpkin spice latte guy? No. You're not a latte guy, right? No, not really. All right, a lot to cover. Look at the screen for the headlines. If you go on a one-shot, then I'll weave you back in. Uh, 
Look, the Roy Solzenberg story, if, you, if you're on um, ilovesevil.com, I'd encourage you to go to ilovesevil.com. It's the flagship website for this network, ilovesevil.com. We have an analysis on uh, planning commissioner Rory Stolzenberg on the website in the lead headline slot. You could find it online at ilovesevil.com forward slash Rory Stolzenberg. When I was writing this story, I wrote it from a standpoint of um, trying to be as fair as possible. In fact, taking things out multiple times in this story to be as fair as possible, over the top fair. It's no secret if you watch this program, if you follow any news outlet, if you're on any social media channel, any social media platform, if you have a conversation with most anyone in the community, this kid called this topic called upzoning, the draft zoning ordinance, the zoning rewrite, more density housing for Charlottesville City has been a topic for years. And I'm going to put what's happening in very simple terms so we can all digest it. Charlottesville City is very small. It's 10.2 square miles. And we are basically at capacity from a housing <laughs> standpoint. There's certain pockets that could be developed. A lot of people point to Ix Park. Ix Park is, is, is not going to be what Ix Park is today in 20 years. A lot of people point to the city yard why Charlottesville, Virginia is wasting valuable acreage to store work vehicles and work trucks. No one has a smarter, intelligent answer about that. A lot of people point to Cherry Avenue. They like to point to the IGA, um, the uh, old Kim's Market that's being developed now, so I think that's off the checklist. There's not that much opportunity to create more housing in Charlottesville. So what the government is doing, what City Hall is doing, what the Planning Commission is doing, and what City Council is currently contemplating is let's create more density in Charlottesville by taking backyards and making the zoning more flexible for ADUs or granny cottages by allowing homeowners to convert basements into apartments, by removing the R1 zoning, and R1 zoning is synonymous with a single-family detached house. You know that house with the picket fence, the American dream? That's often R1, a home on a lot with a front yard and a backyard, sometimes a fence. With upzoning, that R1 which is 52 or 53% currently of the city of Charlottesville, R1, will become more flexible in its possibilities. Homeowners of R1 houses could potentially knock down their houses and build duplexes or triplexes or quadplexes or add even more housing than that, depending on where they fall on this, this zoning map that's being contemplated and very close to being approved. This has been going on for years. 
the government officials that have been working along this process or within this process, I'll start off by saying they should be commended for their hard work. The planning commissioners, and we're going to talk about Mr. Rory Stolzenberg, should be commended. I mean, this guy is making so little money as a planning commissioner, and he's spending so much time every week as a planning commissioner to do what he thinks is best for the Charlottesville uh, ecosystem. He's passionate about this. He does a boatload of homework. And Rory, if you're watching, you're a smart, smart, well-read, astute person. I mean, I've seen it. I saw it when you and I met 10 to 12 years ago to talk about Foodio, your startup, and I Love Seville, and whether there were joint venture possibilities. Rory and his two team members, one of them was a developer by the name, Rory was his name, DJ, I think it was DJ, and then there was a sales guy with red hair, not nearly as impressed with the sales guy with red hair, I was really impressed with Rory and the developer. I think his name was DJ. They came to my former house in Redfields, down Fifth Street Extended, and we had beers and shot pool and talked about a potential partnership between Foodio and I Love Seville. We could not iron out the details, dot the I's, cross the T's, or form the foundation of a contract, but it was something that was considered. And it was at that point over a decade ago that I realized Rory's star power was rising extremely quickly in this city. And it was at that point, 10, 12 years ago, that I realized that Rory was going to be in this town we call Charlottesville as long as I was. Now, there are a lot of topics where we don't agree on. And upzoning is one of them. I don't think flexing, making the zoning code, the draft zoning ordinance, whatever the hell you want to call it, upzoning, more flexible to allow more housing is going to do much for affordability. I think it's going to make dirt more opportunistic. And as dirt becomes more opportunistic, people will pay for it, more for it. And as people pay more for the dirt that's opportunistic, they're going to expect greater return for the dirt because they paid more up front for it. Compounding the problem is an increased population that's rushing to Charlottesville and Almar County. Depending on who you talk to, the population in Charlottesville and Almar County, because of the Data Science School, the Biotech Institute, UVA expanding enrollment, UVA hiring more people, and Amazon investing $11 billion into Louisa County, population for Charlottesville and Almar will uptick somewhere between five to 10,000 people within the next three to eight years, depending on which government official or expert or insider you speak to. We can all agree the population is upticking. What's driving momentum behind that population uptick is also remote or hybrid work, where people can live in this beautiful area we call Central Virginia. We have an abundance of riches, whether it's hiking and beer and wine and cider and restaurants and music, the downtown mall, University of Virginia, ACC Sports, we are drowning in riches and amenities, and that's why we choose to live here, and it's not a secret anymore. People are coming here to take advantage of exactly why we choose to call this place home. Because of those reasons I outlined, I think upzoning is going to backfire, and it's going to create more expensive housing and do very little for affordable housing or housing affordability. I disagree with the planning commissioner, Stolzenberg, who's been the most vigorous supporter of upzoning on the, on the commission. 
I wrote something that I published today. I'm being told that this um, analysis that I wrote today is getting into a number of neighborhood newsletters, into a number of local distribution um, outlets. Um, so you will read it, what I wrote. We put it in an e-newsletter today. Can we go on a two-shot, Judah? Did the Stolzenberg newsletter make it into the e-newsletter we sent out today? Did it, did it, was it the lead? Yeah. It was the lead? Was it published today? Uh, yeah. We sent it out at noon, didn't we? Okay, you sent it out <laughs> at noon. How many followers roughly on that newsletter that we send out? Uh, Just a rough estimate. Uh, 12,000 or so. 12,000? Okay. Um, it's out there. Here's the problem I have. On August 18th, the planning commissioner purchased a house on Park Street. I won't give you the exact address. It's nearly two acres. It's zoned R1. When upzoning is approved, and a lot of people think upzoning is going to be approved in 2023, that zoning classification changes to RB. R-B is in boy. The R-B is in boy zoning classification allows up to six units built on the two acres. Once city council says yes to upzoning, this purchase made in August by Mr. Stolzenberg will significantly uptick in value. I have no problem with Mr. Stolzenberg buying a house. Congratulations to Mr. Stolzenberg for buying a house. I think the home he purchased on Park Street is beautiful. I think the lot is fantastic. I mean, two acres in the city of Charlottesville. Damn good job, Rory. The location is to die for. The upside and the potential are tangible and palpable. A man bought a home for the first time in his life, and I applaud and salute him. I have no problem with government officials who set housing policy for Charlottesville purchasing a home within city limits. I have no problem with appointed government officials who set housing policy for Charlottesville purchasing a home through an anonymous LLC. Rory did that. He bought this house through an anonymous LLC, and he took it a step further he used a registered agent to offer himself more anonymity. He has indicated in the past he bought this home through an LLC and used a registered agent for an additional layer of anonymity because he feels, he fears, fears a Nazi presence in Charlottesville and he himself is a man of Jewish faith, a Jewish man. Because he says he is Jewish, he wants anonymity for his personal <laughs> residence, and I have no problem with that either. Respect. Totally get it. I have no problem using uh, LLC for this, a registered agent for this. I have no problem with him buying a house. I have no problem with him even buying a house a couple of months before upzoning is approved. It's going to raise eyebrows. It raised my eyebrows. It raised a lot of people's eyebrows that spoke before planning commission. John Hasek 
had this comment before planning commission. Was it Kimber Hawkey made this comment on the record as well before the planning commission? It raised their eyebrows. I have no problem with him buying this house months before upzoning is approved by council. Could happen in December. Here are the problems I do have, however. Mr. Stolzenberg chose Nicole Scro, who's an attorney, a developer, and a builder, as his clo closing agent, as his closing attorney. I find that curious at best. Why, when we're in central Virginia, and we have, I mean, how? How many closing attorneys are in central Virginia? At least 100. That's conservative. How many closing companies and closing attorneys? Realtors that are watching the program, and there's dozens of you watching this program right now from a handful of different brokerages. You know as well as I do, there's many, 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 many closing attorneys and closing companies in Central Virginia. Why select an attorney and Nicole Scro, who presents plans before planning commission and develops housing projects within Charlottesville city limits as your closing attorney for your anonymous LLC? That right there is, I'll call it gray area. I'll call it the gray area to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say it's gray area. I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt there. Nicole and Rory. Next problem I have an issue with. Mr. Stolzenberg, while on the planning commission, often shamed people who spoke against upzoning. He shamed them while sitting on the commission during active meetings or online on social media because the folks that were opponents to upzoning, he utilized their wealth against them. He utilized their big, single-family, expensive, detached homes against them and said, how can you be against people getting housing when you have this big, expensive McMansion in the city and you already own it? He literally said that. He said, how can you be against upzoning? You have a big, expensive McMansion. He shamed people for having an expensive home. The people that were opponents to upzoning. He shamed opponents, to, opponents of upzoning by highlighting the environmental impacts of large single-family detached housing. Legitimately. He said large single-family detached houses and R1 zoning have a detrimental impact on the environment. And then he goes and buys a large single-family detached house. These are some of the problems I have. If you're on the dais, or if you're on the planning commission, and you're shaming homeowners, and you're shaming citizens, and you're shaming taxpayers because they have large and expensive homes, and you're shaming them because these large and expensive homes have environmental negative impacts on the city, and then you go and buy a large, expensive, single-family detached house on a large, expensive lot in a nondescript LLC with an attorney 
who is also a developer and a builder who presents plans before the planning commission, these things start adding up. Start adding up. And it creates, creates problems. Creates problems. Creates problems of hypocrisy, accountability, transparency, and it gets taxpayers, voters, and citizens to wonder aloud about other questions. And I'll leave those other questions for you to wonder aloud yourself. Now the biggest problem I have with all of this, the biggest problem I have with all of this is not tied to Mr. Stolzenberg at all. When it's all said and done, I believe Mr. Stolzenberg is a man of ethics. I believe he made some bad decisions here. Shaming the taxpayers and homeowners for their expensive houses and then buying one himself. Utilizing Nicole Scrow as a closing attorney when she's presented before planning commission and builds housing in Charlottesville. There's another one. Decrying the environmental impact of single-family detached housing and then buying a single-family detached house himself. That's another one. Those are some mistakes. Can't argue with them. Facts. But the biggest issue I have here is not tied to Mr. Stolzenberg at all. The biggest issue I have here is tied to City Hall. Currently, the disclosure period for appointed officials and elected officials, the disclosure period for elected governmental and appointed officials is middle to the end of January of every year. So at the middle of January or the end of January of every year, City Hall asks appointed officials and elected officials, let us know on the record what you own and what your assets are. What, what you own, home, real estate, what your assets are, paper the trail, paper the record. I considered running extremely, extremely seriously for Admiral County Board of Supervisors. I've said previously on this show, why I'm not opposing Mike Pruitt right now in the Scottsville District for the Amor County Board of Supervisors is because our youngest son, who is 11 months old, went over seven months without sleeping, and my wife and I were struggling just to make it through the day. He went over seven months without sleeping through the night. And you go over seven months without sleep when you're approaching middle age, and it's crazy to say that, but it's facts. And it effing wears on you. It wears on your health. It wears on your marriage. It wears on your day-to-day -day stress, your quality of life. It would not have been fair for my wife, my family, and our oldest son, who's in kindergarten, for me to be on the campaign trail, door knocking, doing meet and greets at people's houses, at breweries, at restaurants, being away from my family a significant period of time, when my wife is shouldering the burden of basically parenting our kids as I'm working and then take on a second career as a politician. So I ate some crow and backed out of the race. And I did it for the betterment of my family. It was a tough decision to make, but it was for the betterment of my family. And it was the right decision to make. The reason I bring this up to you, when you're running for an elected position, you have to fill out a boatload of paperwork. 
and the paperwork you have to fill out is very, what's the word I'm looking for where like it's a, you feel exposed, intrusive. The paperwork you fill out, it's like, you're like, let me see you, how much money you make, how much, how much uh, hmm. debt you have, how much real estate you own, your, your, your assets and your liabilities. And you can't bullshit it. Excuse my language. I'm sorry I said that. You can't BS it. It's got to be legit. Yeah. Your tax return. Vulnerable. Like, what is it? Vulnerable. You feel it's vulnerable. Vulnerable. It's intrusive. It's exposing. It's it's. You know, it's, we do well here. We have real estate holdings. We got a business that's doing well. But that information is between my wife and I and my CPA and I. Yeah. You know. That's personal information. When you're an elected official, you're sharing information that is raw and real. Mm -hmm. And that disclosure of holdings happens in January right now for Charlottesville. And this is the biggest problem I have with the Stolzenberg purchase, and it's not even tied to Stolzenberg. My biggest problem is the disclosure of holding period is only one time per year in January. That means elected officials can buy and sell assets, buy and sell real estate, wheel and deal, and not have to disclose what they're doing until January the following year. So Judah, someone that's an elected official, I'll put you on a two-shot. I've got a lot of people watching. I've got a lot of elected officials watching the program right now. An elected official, in this particular case, Mr. Stolzenberg purchased in August of this year, the 18th. We as taxpayers would not have found out about this purchase until January of 2024, after upzoning was approved by council. A lot of people say it's going to be approved in December. I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with Mr. Stolzenberg making the purchase. I have a problem with the disclosure period being so confined and limited. Hmm. Take it a step further. A planning commissioner or a city councilor could conceivably have purchased multiple properties between February 1 and December 31st. Hell, probably between February 1, 2023 and January 10th, 2024, purchased and sold a boatload of properties, purchased, flipped, sold, purchased, flipped, sold, and made money. And if all those properties were off there, were sold and no longer in their names or LLCs tied to them, they would not have to, had to disclose those holdings come the period in January. Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Explain it to me. So I know you understand. So the viewers and listeners can understand themselves. As long as the, uh, <clears throat> as long as the property uh, buying and selling is off the books by the time the, uh, uh, the release period, the, what, do you, what do you call it? The um, disclosure of holdings yeah, period. The disclosure period, then they don't have to di disclose. Yeah. That doesn't breed trust, and that should concern us as citizens and taxpayers. 
because as elected officials or appointed officials, they have... They're setting policy on things that they might be in on purchases and sales that they can capitalize on or gain on. They, and it's not, I don't mean this in a nefarious way. They have Intel and inside information. Yeah. Of course they have Intel and inside information. They work inside city hall. Yeah. They're looking at stuff and considering stuff before it papers the public record. Right. That's my biggest beef with all this. The disclosure period should be at bare minimum quarterly once every 90 days. If we really wanted the disclosure period to be legitimate and honest and transparent and accountable and upfront, it should be within 14 days of every transaction, every ratified, closed deal. If an elected or appointed official buys something Anything, even if it's in Almaro County and they serve in Charlottesville City, it should be disclosed to the public within 14 days of a closed contract, ratified contract. So you're saying any, uh, any purchase or sale is disclosed and there is no particular period, just if there is a purchase or a sale, then they have to disclose it. Exactly. I can, I can understand that the city councilors and the planning commissioners have inside information on Almoro County that we, the average Joes, might not have. Right. Because they're working with the planning commissioners and the board of supervisors. That's my biggest issue here. Mm-hmm. Having a disclosure period once a year in January leads to 11 months of gray area. A lack of transparency. Bingo. Deep Throat has this comment. For the viewers and listeners, I think it's relevant that if you work in any financial firm, you will need to certify holdings periodically, typically quarterly, but you also need to report and sometimes pre-clear transactions. So he's straight up saying in the for business world, Deep Throat works in macro finance. He says in the for business, for profit world, if you work in finance, you have to, you, you need to report and sometimes pre-clear before you do it, transactions. Mm-hmm. We need to step out of archaic ways of governing and step into modern society. And in 2023 and in 2024, it's more, it's easier than ever to buy and sell real estate because listings and data and information and KPIs and transaction history and comps and comparables are more easily, all that information is more easily available than ever before. It's called the internet. We are more astute and skilled buyers and sellers than ever before because of the information available to us online. Why do we have governing regulations that are steeped or entrenched in yesteryear when the marketplace and society are moving at the speed of capitalism and light? Because probably because somebody has to update those laws and oftentimes it's the same people that are in the business. I'm not saying it's always necessarily uh, self uh, self gratifying um, but 
if what you're saying, if uh, changes to existing laws and rules. Uh, Just say it. You're basically saying, this is what he's saying, and he's a really nice guy. I got a friend who's a really nice guy that I play squash with. His name is Alex. And sometimes I want to say to Alex, just call the stroke. It's part of the game. You're not hurting the man's feelings for saying he's breaking the rules. He's breaking the rules. Just tell him he's breaking the rules. This is what Judah's saying. He's also a really, really nice guy. The government doesn't want to change the rules because it diminishes their power. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like senators not wanting to vote for limited terms. Term limits and uh, not being able to, uh, not being able to be in the stock market. Because come on, if you, if we want to talk about somebody who's got inside information, it's people like senators who are you know setting up deals, uh, getting ready to pass laws, and then having their spouses buy or sell uh, securities. Sounds like you're talking about Nancy Pelosi and her husband. Could be, and I'll leave it at that. Look at how much Nancy Pelosi and her husband unloaded with a stock of uh, an equity, one of my favorites, maybe my favorite, probably the one that I've made the most, definitely the one I've made the most money on, NVIDIA. Follow what the Pelosi's have done with the stock NVIDIA. And I'm sure, and I, I didn't name names because I'm... I'm because I'm you're no- a nice guy. And because I know they're not the only ones. I'm not... I'm not uh, singling anyone out because I don't think there are a whole lot of uh, of innocent actors in uh, in our government. But uh, that's another story. If you take anything from this first topic, and I'm going to get to the comments from the viewers and listeners, there are many. I got boatload of electeds watching the show, and a handful of appointeds watching the show. You take something from the topic, and you can find it online at ilovesevil.com forward slash Rory Stolzenberg, or just go to ilovesevil.com, and it's on the homepage. You take this. We want our electeds and our appointeds to be to operate in an ecosystem or an environment that is structured regulated and structured in the tightest ways possible so it takes the gray area out of it and I don't think in fact I'm going to say this with confidence I don't believe Mr. Stolzenberg has any plans of sketchiness at all. I do not believe he does. I think he's an up-and-up guy. I would not be surprised if he puts an ADU or a cottage or two in the back of his house. And I'm totally fine by that. I bet you today he regrets utilizing Nicole Scro, the builder and developer, as his closing attorney. My major issue is the disclosure of holdings period and the fact that it's not frequent enough. And maybe, the, maybe City Hall should take a page out of financial firms where pre-approval is needed, or at minimum, the disclosures happen after transactions are ratified or closed. Comments are coming in fast. This is from Mr. D.L. 
The commission wanted to pass the ordinance to council on the 10th of October and decided late in the meeting to defer and pass it on the 18th of October. The first public disclosure was at the meeting on the 10th. We came within a whisker of the commission passing this ordinance prior to public knowledge. There was an individual who should be commended. His name is John Hasek, an Irishman, who brought this to council and planning commission's attention. The Stolzenberg Purchase. Hasek, the Irishman, who's anti-upzoning, legitimately, legitimately, by speaking on the record before planning commission. This is a citizen, a taxpayer, spoke on the record before planning commission and council and legitimately got the head of the planning commission, the chair, to get the rest of the planning commission to disclose their holdings in October. Mayor Snook also influenced this. Hasek got in Mayor Snook's ear, and Mayor Snook utilized his influence as mayor to get in the ears of Planning Commission and the chair of Planning Commission and said, you got some shadiness the community thinks is going on. Disclose what you guys own now. And they did. And that's called an informed and engaged citizen doing something good for the community. And that was what John Hasek did. That's what Ben Heller did. Ben Heller did that. Kimber Hawkey did that. You got three city residents and Ben Heller, Kimber Hawkey, and John Hasek that legitimately got holdings disclosure to happen in October when that's not the norm. Because they said, this is going on and we think it's shady. And I agree with this comment from Deep Throat. I have a feeling that the weak rules here are not a nefarious plot on the part of council. I think they have limited time, bandwidth, and staff capacity. That's part of the reason I worry about big changes like upzoning. Capacity is so limited. Show us you can implement a simple conflict of interest regime before you embark on planning SimCity with our lives. <laughs> I got Judah chuckling over there. Let's go to the I Love Sevo group and then we'll go to the next topic. The mayor of McIntyre says that Park Street property has a lovely view of East McIntyre off the back. The mayor of McIntyre also says speakers at the joint city council planning commission meeting called out older white people that held onto their property as being selfish and racist. They mentioned nothing about working your whole life to pay off those properties. Albert Graves says disclosure should be done like taxes quarterly. Warrior AG says it's kind of like if you knew a stock was going to rise by $25 a share in two months and you got out and load up on said stock. It's like if you knew a house change was coming down the pipe and you went and bought up the whole neighborhood. Sarah Hill Buchensky says, do you think that Rory and Scro plan to develop the property to provide affordable housing once upzoning is passed? I don't know. 
I, Sarah Hilbuchensky, I, I genuinely think this is where Rory's going to live for a long period of time. I think what Rory's going to do is put maybe a cottage or two in the back. I don't think he's going to develop the property. Giving him the benefit of the doubt, because I know him fairly well. Known the man for over a decade. Legitimately. The man's gone into my old house and spent a couple of hours there. Oh. More comments. Carlos Abanis Franco says, we missed you yesterday. Welcome back, and I hope you feel better. I do feel much better. Vanessa Parkhill says, Miracle on 34th Street, original with, the original with young Natalie Wood is my mom's favorite movie. Assuming the reboot, reboot holds true to the story, I'm sure it's A++++. I have not seen the original, Vanessa, but the reboot was sensational. It was sensational. Watch it this morning, starting in the 5 o'clock hour with our kids. Elliot Harding, watching the program, the delegate who, who ran for delegate at one time, he says, I find the take with Rory Stolzenberg to be unnecessary, given that upzoning has not only been in the works for years, public and debated, but the sellers of the property knew as much, the buyer's market knew as much, and property and area itself were not subject to unique debate. Hmm. Elliot, I'm curious of your take on utilizing a developer and a builder as a closing attorney. One who is presented before city council. One is presented, excuse me, before planning commission. I'm also curious of your take of the disclosure period, Esquire Harding. He says he's also not a final vote as a planning commissioner. Never, nevertheless, hope he maxes out that higher density and makes a killing. Mm. There you go. Appreciate your comments, Elliot Harding. Anything you want to add to this, Judah, before we go to the next topic? And share what I wrote, viewers and listeners. Put it on Nextdoor. Put it on Nextdoor so the Nextdoor folks hear it. I'm hearing the story I wrote is now... Uh, going to the distro channel of um, what's it called? The acronym always challenges me. I wish that, we need a clean brand for this. Uh, going to the distro channel of the CFRP group. What is it? The CRFP. Is that citizens responsible? What's the acronym stand for? CRFP Charlottesville. I'm looking, looking it up. Maybe you can find it, Judah. It's got to be Citizens for Responsible Planning. Yeah, Citizens for Responsible Planning. Thank you. Citizens for Responsible Planning. All right, the next topic, uh, Chief Kachis made, made this comment on the record. He highlighted the growth of the Charlottesville Police Department's social media channels, and I think Kyle Irvin should be applauded for this. Kyle Irvin watches this program often. Kyle, if you're watching right now, you deserve props. Chief Kachis said, in January, we had 14,000 followers. 
I think we have 18,000 followers now. He said the case involving the, uh, involving the strangulation of the UVA student, the one that recently transpired where someone tried to kidnap a UVA student yeah. by student health, the picture of the, sh the suspect was shared over 2,000 times. He says that's a far reach and there's a lot of value to it. Kachis hmm. highlights the value of social media when it comes to policing efficiently. Yeah. It's genius. You have a police chief that is utilizing 2023 tactics for policing. It's genius. Mm -hmm. Crowdsourcing. He's crowdsourcing investigations. And I think that's probably what the best, uh, <clears throat> the best police chiefs and police officers and and uh, and law enforcement officers do is, uh, I mean, you don't run into a neighborhood and bust down doors and beat people up and kick people. You go into neighborhoods the way Conscious has done with the police, and you make friends and you and you introduce yourself and you get to know people and then when something happens you've got an entire town or city that is willing to help because they know that you want what's best for them utilizing well said judah beautifully said utilizing social media to help with investigations is no different than a police officer walking the beat in the neighborhood and asking people in their front yards what's going on who do I need to keep my eyes out? Who's doing the crime? It's the same concept, but it's magnified, amplified, and on steroids. Yeah. I think it's genius. I think what Kyle Irvin, the director of communications, and his team are doing with the Instagram account for the Charlottesville Police Department is genius. They're humanizing, localizing, and personalizing the department. They're playing basketball in the 10th and Page neighborhood with teenagers that live in 10th and page yeah. that video went viral mm -hmm. i can i'm going to go to the instagram account and judah jump in with commentary on this anything you want to call talk about and i want to see the traffic on that yeah basketball they there's video of them uh tossing a football with <coughs> with the kids uh pictures of uh of police walking with kids you know keeping them safe on the way to school um, everything they've, they've been doing is, I think, fantastic. And uh, I appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, they're not just, uh, they're not just a, a bunch of hired guns uh, trying to keep, keep the law in the Wild West of Charlottesville. They're, they're members of the, of the community. And, and when we get to see that, I think we, we can appreciate the fact that, uh, that they are a part of our community and not just some policing force that uh, is here to oppress us. Well said, Judah. Humanize, localize, and personalize. In the video of the police department playing three-on-three -three basketball in the 10th and Page neighborhood with 10th and Page youngsters, how many views do you think the police department video has had on Instagram? And now I'm going to, you, I mean, you and I are in this business. I have no so. metric for, for what they usually do. I, I'm going to say, I don't know, 30K? Is that wildly too much or too little? What do you think? I have no idea. I just said 30K. 
151 million. Million. I'm going to slide over to your two shot. That's slide to the uh, right. I want you to see the number so you can trust but verify. Am I on? Is this the two shot? Can we slide over a little bit? That way it's not just my big nose in it. You see it right there. What's that number? That's 151 million. I'm impressed. 151 million have seen the Charlottesville Police Department. You see the number one right there, right? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? That's, you would say that's viral. I'd say that's crazy. There's 330 million people in America. Yeah. That is bananas, right? Yeah, that's crazy. On the Charlottesville Police Department page, the video of the police playing three-on-three -three basketball, 151 million views. Did I get the number 330 million in America? What's the population of America? All right, 331,900,000. I said 330. There you go. It was right on. How would you grade the police department so far? How would I grade them so far? Since Kachis has taken over. Since he's taken over, I'd, I'd give he's him a... He's been on the job 10 months, roughly 10 months. I mean, you know, everybody's got room to improve. Let's give him a B plus. Wow, you're a tough grader. I think this is straight up A. <laughs> Why the B plus? Why does the man not get an A? Because Jesus. I said, everybody's got room to improve. What is <laughs> Chief Gotchas, I know you watch the show from time to time. I'm giving you an A. My boy over here is giving you a B plus. Why are you giving the George Clooney of policing and his department a B plus? I told you. I think they're doing a great job, but there's always room to improve. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not down on anyone. I'm just... Uh, Dang, son. He's solving murders left and right. Yeah. He had no problem with the eviction of homeless in the encampment on Market Street Park, Tent Town. He's doing walking talks in the community. He's got 151 million views. He's getting in a dunk tank at X Park. Mm. He's playing quarterback in safety in public housing. I, I don't even give you an A, Conscious. I give you an A+. Plus. The George Clooney of policing gets an A+. Plus. For the first 10 months, for me, Wickcower over there gives him a B plus, so I guess that <laughs> is somewhere between an A minus and I guess that's an A minus with the average out our grades. Something like that. Good job, Chief Cotches, either way. Yeah, definitely. CBC, I, I would say the Charlottesville Police Department right now is running at full cylinders and the community has embraced this department to levels I have not seen in a very long time to levels not seen since the Tim Longo era. Do we know how many, uh, how many officers were, were down currently? Oh, I know that... I can for, get that information. For a while, we were at... Uh, a third. We were, yeah, we were missing a third of the force. I don't know what it's, what it's at now. Uh, John but, Blair, welcome to the show. I will get that information. They're clearly all doing a good job. I will get that information. A um, couple of news and notes I want to get to here as we wind down the program. Um, Ann Malik and Brad Rickle, rhymes with pickle, are running in the Whitehall District of the Almore County Board of Supervisors race. I got some data for you. Ann Malik has $35,760 raised so far. $35,760. 
Brad Rickle, 15,423. That means Ann Malik has more than 2x her opponent. If Ann Malik wins this race, she will have served on she will serve on the board of supervisors for 20 straight years. Five straight terms. Judah mentioned term limits earlier in the show. If she beats Brad Rickle, and the data suggests she will beat Brad Rickle, fundraising, she's the incumbent. Mm-hmm. She's a Democrat. The yeah. district votes Democrat. She's won four times in a row. This would be her fifth. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a very tough race to win. If your last name is not Malik, I believe her maiden name, Huckle, Huckleby. 35760 for Malik Ray's, 15423 for Rickle. I respect Rickle and his, and his efforts for running. And props to Malik, too, for running. I mean, good gosh. They're not paid much money. 20 straight years doing this? Yeah. There's a pop-up restaurant opening at Violent Crown, the movie theater in the downtown mall. Did you it's say a, Violent? Violet. Okay. It's not violent. It's violent. They <laughs> yeah. might show violent movies. It's violent. It's Just making sure. It's called Rum Punch. It's coming soon, October 26 today. To yeah. October. Oh, thank you, Siri. October 26 to October 29th opens today and runs through the 29th of October. Not that long. A pop-up restaurant. Their tagline: an innovative Jamaican pop-up restaurant. Restaurants have struggled at that location. I think there was a Japanese steakhouse there at one time when it initially launched. Hmm. Why do the restaurants struggle at Violet Crown? Probably because people see it as a theater first, and so it doesn't uh, come across as a place that you can just walk in and get a meal at. That would be my guess. I mean, it's like you wouldn't walk into, you wouldn't walk into Regal and uh, and look around for, like, where you can get a burger. It seems like Alamo Draft House and Fifth Street Station, that restaurant is doing well, though. Yeah, but they've got... You're talking about the... Uh, I mean, the part that is almost like a separate building. they got a bar there. Yeah. With tabletops and but that's TVs. that's almost like a separate business. It's got the whole outside element, and it seems more like an add-on than an integrated part of the... Of the theater. Sarah Hill Buchensky says, A plus for Chief Conscious. Any further improvement is extra credit for Mike Conscious. There you go. Bill McChesney says, I would say there has been an improvement, and I agree with Judah Wickhauer. He cannot have weeded out all the bad apples yet. When staffing is better, things will continue to improve. Definitely. Albert Graves says, Ann Malik took a green space in Crozet and had it turned into a residential zone. Albert Graves says, look at all the major builders who support and donate to Ann Malik. Also, Ann is not a resident of Crozet. She resides in Earliesville. And you, and you would do it for 20 years if your pockets have gotten padded as much as hers do. That's from Albert Graves. Hmm. Albert Draft House has figured out the secret sauce. They're good at what they do. and it's- Milkshakes are banging. The adult milkshakes with the, with the booze in them are really good. Yeah. The pizza's really good. The appetizers are good. They got an extensive beer tap list. Their happy hour at Alamo Draft House is probably a top five happy hour in Almaro and Charlottesville. 
Happy hour at Almo Draft House. One of the best happy hours out there. Their Sunday special is obscenely cheap. They also do a uh, Tuesday $7 special, uh, $7 movie special. Uh, they've just, they're good at what they do. They, um, I mean, I've occasionally had issues with trying to get food or drinks at the the latter half of a movie. But by and large, if you get there early and order what you want and treat your server well, you can't go wrong. Also. So the news is the Jamaican pop-up starts today and runs through the 29th at Violet Crown in downtown Charlottesville. Um, UVA is traveling to Miami on Saturday, kickoff 3.30 p.m., ACC Network. The Hurricanes are a 19-point favorite, the over-under at 47.5. We'll see if UVA can catch lightning in a bottle for a third, for a third win this season. We even marry. UNC. Oh, this would be their third straight win. They beat William and Mary before the bye. They went into the bye week. They beat UNC in Chapel Hill, the greatest win in UVA history, road win in UVA history, greatest road win in UVA history. Now they travel to Miami, where the Hurricanes are a 19-point favorite. ACC Network, 47.5, the over-under. Last, last bit of news, and then we'll get to a couple more comments before I get out of here. We have a new show launching on the I Love Seville Network the first week of November. Details to come. I think you're really going to like it. It's going to launch, what did we say, Thursday in the afternoon. I think we said 2.15. Judah? Yeah, something like that. Thursday, 2.15. New show launching on the I Love Seville Network. Thursday, 2.15, details to come. I think you're really, really going to like this show. Um, comments. Grayson, North Downtown. Welcome back, Jerry. I see your voice is not 100%, but you've powered through today, and you've kept our attention at the house from start to finish. We applaud you and Judah for putting a quality product out every single day. I agree with all your points that you made with the planning commissioner and his home purchase, and I will read your story online, and we will share it with North Downtown. Thank you to you and Judah for your hard work. As I've said in the past, when we walk our dog pre or post dinner, it's you and the show we're talking about with neighbors. Thank you. Appreciate you saying that. Uh, Bill McChesney is asking you if Violet Crown is still in the Eat at Your Seat Theater. I haven't been to Violet Crown in a long time, but uh, they've, I think they always have been. You just have to order your food before you go in. So you're, you've got to get there with plenty of, uh, of lead time so that you can place your order, get it, and then, uh, and then go sit down. Without missing, uh, you know. Maria Marshall Barnes, welcome to the program. Jason Howard, welcome to the show. Carlos Franco says, we missed you yesterday. Welcome back and feel better. Thank you. Vanessa Parkhill, you will love Miracle on 34th Street. Ginny Hu, thank you for the retweet. Ginny Hu, you're one of our favorite viewers and listeners. I sincerely mean that. Please be engaged as possible on Twitter. Ginny Hu, we love your tweets. Anything you want to close with, my friend? You did a job, bang-up job today, my friend. Bang-up job. Um, no, I think uh, just, uh, you know, 
reiterate what we've said before. Uh, Cautious is doing a great job, whether you call it an A plus or a B plus. Um, and uh, Charlottesville is a crazy place. Uh, I'm glad that we can talk about some interesting topics like uh, Rory Stolzenberg. He is a good guy. I, Rory is a good guy. I made sure to say that. Yeah, and I have a hard time. You know, I I have a hard time uh, uh, suspecting devious uh, devious actions uh, behind what he's doing. Um, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I had a a fun uh, a fun interaction with with Rory when uh, I was eating with my parents at um, at Guajiro's amazing restaurant and uh, I was I don't even remember what we were t- Rory was in the news for something the or quality other. pie and him calling out Tomas that's of what quality it was. pie yeah and I was explaining my memory does not disappoint I was explaining uh, what I knew of the of the situation to my parents when <laughs> this guy at, at a table next to ours <laughs> turns around <laughs> and there's Rory and I'm like, hey, it's Rory. We're just talking about you. He's like, I can tell. So I introduced him to my parents, and we had a little chat. And well, didn't he say, he also said to you, you guys got me in a lot of hot water for what you talked about on the show. Did he? That's what you told me. See, you know I don't forget stuff. <laughs> That's what you told me. Well, then it probably happened. It's a good way to close. Um, thank you kindly for joining us, guys on the Thursday edition of the I Love Seville show. Every day, every hour that goes by, the voice gets better. I encourage you, if you want to follow our commentary and what I write, what Judah writes on an up-to-date basis, subscribe to our newsletter. In fact, you should start including a lower third for the show for the newsletter, if you can, for future shows. ilovesevillecom forward slash e-newsletter. Isn't that what it is? I really, uh, I'm going to make so. the newsletter a huge priority for us. I com forward slash e-newsletter. I com forward slash e-newsletter. Join the newsletter family where the news is released first. So long, everybody.